Jim Miami going for the three right away. Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History title. Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! Yes, g'day guys, and welcome back to another episode of Insight NBA. I'm the Super Coach Brain, and I'm joined by the Big Horse to talk all things Orlando Magic. How are you, Big Horse? Nathan, going well. Thank you, mate. Taking a little trip down to sunny East Gippsland this week to uh, visit some old friends and family, but who can resist a, a pod, especially about the Orlando Magic? A pod on the road. I'm, I'm enjoying that from yeah. you. Big commitment to the podcast, mate. Thanks for jumping on with me and, and chatting Orlando. Plenty to talk about in this one because, you know, I think when we look at this roster, first of all, and we'll talk about the ins and outs very soon, there's a bit going on and... I would be very surprised, and we were talking about this beforehand, if if Orlando don't make a move or two before the season starts. So there's a lot up in the air at the moment with these guys. Yeah, there is. Their roster's a bit of a mess at the moment, isn't it? They've got a lot of players at the point guard. They've got rookies that they're going to want to get time into. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what their roster makeup is going to look like before the season starts. And I'm not sure whether you agree with me or not, but I don't anticipate the logjam of Suggs, Anthony and Fultz being there all together at the start of the season. It doesn't make sense. that Yeah, you mentioned the logjam. There's just way too many guys to fit into too little amount of positions. So, I mean, we'll make speculation around what we think happens, but I think we just need to play it as it is right now. And, and maybe we're going to have to do an uplate, uh, updated Orlando Magic team preview as the season gets a bit closer yeah. and as they do make those moves, I think. But we'll, we'll work with what we have, mate. But before we do, uh, a couple of shout-outs to sponsors of the show. Firstly, to Ryan at Astute Newstead. I'm, I can speak from experience, mate, with, with this. I've, I've worked with Ryan personally. I know that obviously a lot of people are in a, a pretty tough spot at the moment in terms of their mortgage, in terms of interest rates going up, and uh, the RBA continually lifting the cash rate every single month for the last however many months it's been in a row. So it's been a tough time for Australians specifically, and uh, Ryan can definitely help all of our listeners out with that. Not only does he give people a free consultation with absolutely no obligation, uh, he can get access to over 40 or over 50 lenders. So he saves you the time. You don't have to go mm-hmm. and uh, you know hit up all the major banks and ask all the questions yourself. He looks after it all for you. Uh, it doesn't charge a fee like I mentioned. And he can. it's not only with mortgages, it's personal loans, vehicle loans, and also business loans. So uh, if you want to reach out to Ryan, you can on Instagram. You can hit him up at Ryan Astute Newstead, or you can reach him on his mobile 0431 784. All of his info is in the description below in the video, or if you're listening to us on audio as well, it's in the description there too. So thanks to Ryan for supporting the show. And also a quick shout out to our other sponsor, The Standard Squeeze. Fantastic blokes over at the Standard Squeeze. Did you take yours? Oh, he's brought him. He's brought his four in one from the Standard Squeeze with him on his road trip. Mm-hmm. Mickey Dell in fine form. How good! Oh, I've I got. Love it. I take. I take it everywhere with me, and it's empty now. But got my little traveller here as well. So when I get yeah, back good. to mum and dad's tomorrow night, no doubt that'll be filled up with mum's famous vino. Oh yes, love that. And I mm. tell you what, Father's Day's coming up, mate. 
and uh, I'd, I'd be lying as a father if I uh, if it comes to that weekend and I don't have any standard squeeze in in my uh, in my present pack. So I'm gonna have you, to hit the boys up like, with with this. Like traveling down today, I used it as a coffee cup, kept the coffee warm. Tonight I'm using it as a stubby holder. What more could yeah, have been? That's more? it. That's right. Spot on. In a great spot there with the standard squeeze. You can use the code. We get you 15% off. So insight15 is that code. Go to the standardsqueeze.com and use that code and you'll get yourself 15% off. Great blokes over there that have helped us out. So we thank them for their support as well. But mate, we're here to talk Orlando Magic. So let's rip into that. In terms of Orlando Magic last year, mate, what did you take from from how they went last year? Obviously, they're coming off the back of dra- getting the number one draft pick in, in Paolo Bencaro. And uh, a little bit of a disappointing season. Fultz didn't play a full season, unfortunately. Um, a few, a couple of other guys gone down at different points of the season. What did you make of the Magic last year? This is probably the most eternally frustrating team in the NBA. They always have promise. They get some good draft picks, but they just can't seem to put it together. They're a team that hasn't learned how to win, but we go through the team as we will in a couple of minutes' time. They've got some nice pieces there with Bankira, with Wagner. Fultz is starting to come into his own as a nice two-way point. Wendell Carter Jr., he's underrated when he can stretch the floor and bring you down 10 or 12 boards a game. Some nice draft picks coming in too with Howard and Black. Pity they didn't pick up Dick as well. That would make a nice little combo there with Suggs there. But you know what? we just got to do what we can with this team. So what, what are you thinking? Right. Like, yeah. Look, we'll talk predictions at the, at the end of the pod, because I think, you know, once we, once we go through this, I might even have a better idea on how I feel about this team. Cause it's, I'm still a little bit uh, unsure about how they go. I mean, last year they came 13th in the Eastern conference. They finished with a 34 48 record. Uh, you know, the only teams worse than them in the East were the Hornets and the Pistons. They picked up another couple of lottery picks as well this year. So they've got some good cattle there. They've got some good young guys, but I think we're coming to the end of the rebuilding phase for Orlando. They're going to need to push for wins now. They can't have another year where they're pushing for a number one or a top lottery pick. They need to have a crack this year. I, I think you're spot on with that. When we're talking about it's at the number six and the, 11, and the 11th draft pick that Orlando had this year, bringing in Anthony Black and Jet Howard, I believe it is, who's a a small forward shooting guard who can shoot the rock from three, which Orlando don't have a lot of. Yeah, he may not fit into their rotation right now, but as we were saying earlier, with some potential roster moves and the likes of Cole Anthony likely on the way out, not confirmed, but likely from our opinion, he's he's got to get minutes. Yeah, look, there has to be minutes. They have to be making minutes for a guy they pick in the six uh, with the sixth pick in the draft, um, and mm. and obviously with Jet Howard with the eleventh pick as well. Um, there, there needs to be minutes there for them. But I'm actually struggling to find where they're going to slot them in. They've got a lot of decisions to make. But you have mentioned there that um, we think that there's a good chance maybe Cole Anthony gets traded. So that might open up an opportunity there for one of these guys, or maybe both, uh, depending on how that plays out. Now they've also signed Joe Ingles which is an interesting pickup for them considering they've got enough guards and enough guys that can handle the ball in the second unit. Joe Ingles obviously isn't going to fit into the first unit. He's not going to be a starter. He's, I mean, my opinion on Joe Ingles is he's a locker room guy that they've brought into this team as a vet to, to work around with these young kids. They've got a very young roster, the Orlando Magic. Um, they need at least yeah, – I, I reckon they probably need more than Joe Ingles personally. Yeah, I think you're right, but – yeah, Joey Ingles is very well liked in the NBA circles. What is he, 35, 36 years of age now? He is getting on. 
He's not getting any quicker, and he was slow at the best of times at his peak. So I think this year he's going to be a role player at times off the bench, but predominantly a sorry a locker room guy. And congratulations on getting paid. He's he's made some good coin out of being a a minimal role player there. Absolutely. So Joe Ingles in Anthony Black and Jet Howard obviously taken with the sixth and eleventh pick. Now, Mac McClung's an interesting one. He's only been signed, I think, yesterday uh, on an Exhibit 10 contract, which means he can be upgraded to a two-way contract throughout the the preseason leading up to the competition starting. So it'll be very interesting to see whether he takes a, a roster spot with Orlando. Uh, they've got a bit of time to have a look at him in training camp and things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't see it happening personally. Uh, what are your thoughts? Is there, is there any chance for Mac McClung? No, I don't think so. He's a, he's a YouTube sensation, but for me, that's about where it it stops. He's had a couple of chances in the NBA on rosters. Hasn't really done much with that. Goes back to the G League, does okay. Orlando want to get time into their two top draft picks this year, so it's a no from me. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, it would be nice to have the dunk champion from last year in your in your lineup, but I don't think it's really going to benefit you in, in terms of uh, getting wins. So, uh, mate, the, the outs this year, I guess the only one really to mention is Bol Bol. They've, they've waived Bol Bol recently. I think it was about three or four weeks ago now as recording at the end of uh, August. Uh, Jay Scrub and Michael Carter-Williams. I mean, I don't remember the last thing Michael Carter-Williams did since his debut when he got a triple-double. That's that's kind of where that ends. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, Jay Scrub out as well. They've, I guess they're just freeing up a couple of roster spots for these young these rookies to come in. Yep, spot on. Bol Bol. Is he a Victor Wembenyama light? <laughs> uh, I think Victor Wembenyama would probably be a little bit upset uh, with that comparison, even calling him light. Uh, well, you know what? Good Victor, though. come on the Back show and the... let us know. That's it. Absolutely. If he's watching. I'm yeah. sure he's watching. Of course he's watching. Yeah. Um, he but Bobo was actually pretty fantasy relevant last year. It, so it was. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how he goes this year. But, um, mm. mate, not many other outs for Orlando Magic. So let's tackle the roster itself and usually i try and limit this uh when we're doing the powerpoint i'm trying to limit it to 10 players but it was actually pretty tough to limit it to 10 with this roster because there's still a lot of um things up in the air with how the bench rotation plays out for orlando uh mate do you want to kick us off mark l fultz fantasy rank of 80 last year uh what do you like from mark l fultz what are the I, i guess the uptick opportunities for him this year yeah i really like him as the lead point guard and the guy who's going to run the offense here in Orlando. He started off last year a bit slow, but as he got his legs underneath him and got some game time, we really saw an uptick in production with him. And I believe he was around the 60th mark at the end of the year for his final ranking. So if you can get him at around 70 this year, I think, I'm thinking, sorry, that you're getting some pretty good value there. Not just from some decent field goal percentage wise, he takes some smart shots which you wouldn't have heard me say that three years ago, that broken jump shot that he had. But, you know, he gets you rebounds, he gets you assists, he gets you 1.5 steals a game, which is nice. He's he's not the on-ball defender. We know Gary Harris plays on the best offensive player on the other team, or best offensive guard, sorry. That allows Markel Fultz to play off-ball a little bit, gamble on steals, which for us, very fantasy relevant, which means you want him in your side. Absolutely. Most, uh, most steals in this lineup or in this roster, so... Um, definitely nice. I'm not sure whether he can maintain 1.5. It just depends how uh, how many games he plays and how they they use him on def- defense, uh, whether Gary Harris is the guy that starts. Uh, that's still a bit up in the air too. But um, 
Yeah, ranked 80th last year. I feel like there's definitely a chance for him to break into that top 60 this year if he gets a full season under him and he stays healthy. And the the reality here, if you picked up Markel Fultz last year, he was being drafted at 149. So, yeah, and you did last year. Is that right? Didn't even draft him. I I picked, picked him, him up. up the, yeah. Goodness me. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think the one thing we need to look at here, first of all, minutes. He hasn't played over 30 minutes or average, sorry, over 30 minutes a game since 2020. Um, so there's a chance there for his minutes to improve this year. He's healthy as far as we know. And usage is only at 20.8%. Uh, so I think that probably goes up as your starting point guard. You look at Franz Wagner's usage there, and we'll get to him very soon. 23% usage for a small forward. Uh, and then you've got Paolo Banquero, as we as we know him in Australia as Paul Banquero, with a typo Paulie. that we've but that we've put on the uh, on the PowerPoint. But we thought we're going to run it. We're an Australian podcast. We're going to call him Paul. So Paul Banquero, twenty seven point two percent usage. So when we look at the three highest usage guys in this team, I mean, surely Fultz's usage goes up this year. It has to. It has to. I think with a, a season underneath him as well. He's gotten the confidence in his body again. He's got some chemistry with his teammates. I think you'll see an uptick in most categories there. So let's move on to Franz Wagner because I've been I've been doing a mock draft a night at the moment, just kind of trying starting to see where all of the uh, all of the players are starting to drop and what the trends are. We've got some ADP data now, which is good, but um, people are picking up Franz Wagner pretty early from from what mm. I can see this year. There's a lot of people that are quite high on him. Last year he finished ninety second. Uh, people were drafting him around that 90 mark as well, which is perfect. So people, you got what you paid for with Franz Wagner last year. He, uh, I mean, when you average 18 points a game, four boards, three and a half assists and a steal, it's pretty good fantasy value. But tell me this, where do you see, do you first of all see him improving this year or do you see him around the same mark? And if, I mean, if he is going to improve, where do you see it coming from? That's a hard one. I think if anything his rebounds go up, he's going to slightly improve, but it won't be much. I anticipate around the 85 to 90 mark again for Wagner. His shooting could improve, but at 48% from the field and 84 from the line, for a six foot ten, I think he is small forward, power forward. That's not too bad. I think he plays the three. We'll talk about the starting lineup and what we think soon. Obviously, mm. uh, our mate Paul, he'll play He'll play the four and Wendell Carter the five. So that's pretty much locked in. And I think, obviously, Franz Wagner is too good to run off the bench. So he'll uh, he'll be the starting small forward for Orlando this year. But I'm, I'm struggling to see where he improves. Unless he becomes a guy that shoots two threes a game and averages 25 or 22 points a game and above that 500 mark from the field, Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to see why you would want to grab him around that 60 to 70 mark because that's what I'm seeing at the moment. People are drafting him around reach. the 60 to 70. That's a massive reach. For me, I think if he drops past 90 to 100, I think he's a nice pickup. Definitely past 100. I think he's a guy you want to grab as soon as he drops past that number. But mm-hmm. I'm not <clears throat> reaching before 80 no. for, for France. <clears throat> no, I'm with you on that one. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. was the third highest ranked Magic player last year at 102, drafted at 91. So he kind of got, again, what you paid for. Uh, usage was around the same mark as Fultz and guys like Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs. So they shared the ball around a fair bit. Uh, he's obviously locked in as the starting center. 15 points a game, eight and a half boards, two and a half assists, half a steal and half a block. Efficiency was decent. The only concern, I guess, is the free throw, 74% from a center. 
could be much worse. I could be a lot. Uh, I mean, there's a lot worse free free throw shooters in the league than Wendell Carter Jr. Can also hit a, a three and a half a game as well. Mm. What are your thoughts on him? Does he does he take a step up this year? Personally, I don't think he does. I think he's probably going to hover very similar to Wagner. Yeah, I think you're right. I think an underrated stat for Wendell Carter Jr. is that he can step out behind the three-point line and hit your 1.53s a game as well. So if you're looking for that at the kind of the back end of the draft, he might be nice to have there. Yeah, and if you're punting free throw, you don't really have to worry about that. I mean, you're probably going to stack more bigs in your team. And if you, you know, most of the time, if, you, if you're running with a big, heavy kind of lineup and if you are punting at all, um, Wagner being able to shoot the three definitely helps. So uh, definitely worth keeping in mind. I don't mind him, but if he does drop again past 100, probably probably worth a look. Now, let's talk about Cole Anthony because he's an interesting one. And what we've got here, you see the indicators on the left-hand side. The pluses obviously mean that we think they're going to take a step up. The blue equal sign means that they're probably going to stay around the same mark as last year. Now, the you'll see the, the indicator next to Cole Anthony for anybody watching this on YouTube. It could go either way. Now, this is obviously depending on a trade. Now, if he ends up at another team where he gets a bit more opportunity and he's not kind of stuck on the bench, maybe he gets a starting two role somewhere that is in a rebuild, he he could be a top 100 player. He has that upside. The only concern for me is his efficiency. He's he's a great free throw shooter. That's never going to be an issue, but he takes some horrible shots at times. Horrible, horrendous shots. I like what you've said there with the indicator that it all depends where he is. If he's at Orlando, I don't even see that 119 has been value for him. I think it'll be worse than that. If he goes elsewhere, potentially around the 100 mark. And it does depend where he is, right? Otherwise, he ends up in the same kind of role, running a bench unit, either on a contender or maybe even ends up out of a rotation. Um It'll be very interesting to watch because, but I like Cole Anthony. I'm actually a Cole Anthony fan. I, I like the way that he plays. He attacks the rim really well. He plays attacking. Uh, I'm always a fan of a bloke that can hit a buzzer beater. So he's got a few of them yeah. in his in his NBA career so far. And you know what? I'm mostly a fan of Dell. I'm a fan of his post match interviews. And if that if that was a category in fantasy basketball, he would be picked at number one. I'm going to yep. give him the big horse heart here. I love it. He, he's a pisser. <laughs> I love listening to him. He, he is good. He's but, good value. Unfortunately, that value doesn't translate to fantasy basketball. No, unfortunately not. Can we talk about Paulie? Yeah, let's talk about Paul. Mate, you, oh, you take the floor on Paul. Oh, mate, I'm excited. Paulie Bankiro. For those of you that are listening on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, all the good listening outlets, it is, in fact, Paolo Bankiro. But in Australia, we've adopted him as Paul. 168 is ADP. Sorry, his fantasy rank was last year horrendously low. ADP of 68, usage of 27, so he's getting lots of the ball. 33 minutes a game, 20 points, 42% from the field, 73% from the line, seven rebounds, almost four assists, 0.8 steals and 0.5 blocks. A lot of this for me is rookie fatigue. He started off the year not too bad and then faded terribly. He's he's definitely a better player than what we saw in the last 25 games last year. Where do you see him going this year? I, I know we see there the ADPs at 68. Do you think that's about right, or do you think his value could be even higher than that? I think he could potentially be a top 30 player. Maybe not this year, but definitely in the next couple of years, he could be a top 30 fantasy asset. The only thing that's letting him down, and we'll talk about it in a bit more detail soon, is his efficiency. And let me tell you this. 
rookies are notoriously inefficient when it comes to shooting the basketball. They they're basically given the keys of Orlando to our mate Paul. And unfortunately, when you give the keys of the city to a rookie, I mean, that means that he's going to put his shot up. He's going to shoot his shot. He's going to look for his shot a lot. You look at the usage, 27.2%, which is 7% more than anyone else on this team. So they basically said, mm-hmm. yep, you, you find your shot, you take your shot. And that's where the 20 points per game came from. Seven rebounds, three and a half assists. I mean, 42% from the field is the concern. And that's not a good spot to be. Uh, that's not a guy that's going to help you win your field goal category. Uh, and 73% from the from the line is not a guy that's going to help you in that category either. So that's probably where the issues uh, with his fantasy rank came at 168 last year. Mm-hmm. I think I think you could pick him up in maybe late fifth, early sixth round this year, and you'd be pretty happy with it um, in a 12-team league. So that's around that probably 55 to 70 range. Yep. I, I'd even say 70 could be too low for Paulo this year. Yeah, you, you look at those numbers and he looks to be more harmful than good. But again, those last 25 games last year, I think they sort of blur the lines a little bit when we're talking about his statistics and how he really was in the first 70 games or 60 games in, in the NBA and fantasy-wise last year. I think you're spot on. Back end of the fifth, sixth round, that's good for him. I'm I'm high on him. His efficiency just needs to improve a little bit. He needs to have maybe if he goes from 42 to 46 percent from the field, his free throw gets closer to that kind of 77 to 79 mark. Yeah, that that's top top 80 at least. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't mind him there. I don't mind him there. I'd be probably taking him in the fifth round if I can if I can get him, depending on the fit of my team, of course. That's right. Now, the two guys I have taking a bit of a step back this year, Jalen Suggs. Uh, 186th, and I, I still think that's too high. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a big Jalen Suggs fan. Again, we talk about efficiency. Efficiency's been poor for him since he ended the league. Uh, doesn't shoot the three ball incredibly well. He's not a big point scorer either. And for a guy that doesn't score many points and also only averages 2.9 assists, he will likely be the starting two or the guy that runs the bench. Um, you've got to be, you, you've got to be a better playmaker than that. I think the only upside for me for Jalen Suggs are his steals per game at 1.3. I think that's nice, but I think he's going to be a guy that you just stream steals. Um, and, and, you know, he gets half a block a game as a six foot two guard. So that's, that's pretty good for out of position blocks really. But um, yeah, he, he's a streamer at best. I think this year. Yeah. Did you have him last year? I drafted him real late. Yeah. That's so right. I think yeah. I, and then uh, he, Missed either missed the start of the season, or I think he might have got injured in the first couple of games and then missed a fair bit of time at the start. So and then came back and played out. that really good game against Golden State Warriors. Yep. I and I was I was lining up a trade yeah. package. I was yep. lining up a trade package to you for him, and yep. then the next game he shit the bed, and I'm like, "Thank fuck, I didn't press send on that." <laughs> yes, I mean, I would have taken it. Yeah. Zero questions. No, I, I don't care if you're giving me. Yeah, I don't care if you're giving me anybody. I'll I'll take him. Um, yeah. Gary Harris as well. I think might take a step back this year. Fantasy rank two hundred one. Look, is they keep him in the starting lineup? I think to guard the main ball handler. But yes. even then, uh, there's not much attacking upside. I guess in in uh, Gary Harris, he shoots the three ball relatively well, and I think that's why they keep him there too to have that option. Good yeah. free throw percentage. Doesn't hurt you really with forty five percent from the line, but anything else, you're not going to get your counting stats from Gary Harris. 
He's good to stream threes and field goal. Ah, uh, sorry, free throw percentage. Yeah. Yep. Joe Ingles. I mean, I don't know whether Man. we need to talk about Joe Ingles too much. There's not really much going on with Joe. People drafted him at 110 last year on the Bucks. He obviously got injured, unfortunately. Joe, 224 he ended up finishing uh, this season, for, unfortunately, as an Aussie. Love Joe Ingles. But, um, yeah, definitely wasn't fantasy relevant last year now. Here's, an, here's a bit of an interesting one. Jonathan Isaac. It's not much talk about what's going on with Jonathan Isaac at the moment. He's currently recovering from a torn adductor that he's had surgery on. So he's gone through his rehab. All uh, things are pointing towards or indicating that he will be fit and healthy come training camp and ready to go. What are we doing with him? Because last year he was a great stash. I think people were really hoping that he came back, remembering what he did yeah. back in 2020, 2021. Um, cause he was, a, I think a top 40 fantasy asset back then he was. people hoping that that came to fruition again this year by stashing him. And it, it turned out terribly cause he, he went and got injured again and was out for the rest of the season. So thoughts on Isaac, how do you play it? Yeah, this guy is one of two of my favorite 2k players of all time, <laughs> a six foot 10, six foot 11 bloke that can guard the perimeter and then guard the bigs inside. He's awesome and would almost pay anything to get him. But his body is such an issue. Knee injuries, adductor now. He needs to hold it together. This is the last year of his guaranteed side of his deal. If he, I believe if he plays a certain amount of games this year, it triggers next year's clause. But this is a make-or-break year for Jonathan Isaac. If he gets hurt again and misses a substantial amount of time, unfortunately, being as cutthroat as the NBA is, he may be on his way out of the system. In regards to Jonathan Isaac, the NBA player, if he's healthy, if he gets back to that 2021-2020 value where he was two steals and one block a game or whatever it was, that's insane value. Yeah, I mean, look, you can take him as a flyer in your last round. I think that's probably as far as I would go with Jonathan Isaac in terms of drafting him this year. Um, if he's available and, and I need a guy that can fill the stat sheet, the efficiency is obviously an issue there, but we know that he's a decent three-point shooter from back when he was fit and healthy. 41% last year is probably not a true indicator of his field goal percentage either and what he can give you. 54.9% from free throw is, is also obviously very concerning, but um, I don't know whether the stats that we're looking at last year are a true indicator of what he's going to give you this year if he is healthy. So uh, like we've got there, the indicator is could go either way. And if he stays healthy, and he gets a run in this team and he starts to build back to what he was doing a couple of years ago before he got injured, great. You, you could have mm -hmm. picked up one of the best value uh, players in your draft if you get him in the 12th round. But um, there's obviously a risk there, taking a guy that's very injury prone. So That's right. Uh, Mo Wagner, probably the, the bench center, bench backup center, depending on how they use Isaac. Isaac could fill in at the five off the bench as well. And they've also got Goga Batadze as well. So they've got a couple of options at center, but I just feel like they're going to use Mo Wagner because he can stretch the floor. And I think that will help guys like Anthony Black, uh, who attacks the rim really well, but isn't a great three-point shooter. Uh, it also helps guys like Jalen Suggs, who isn't a great three-point shooter and attacks the rim really well. So we've got mm -hmm. a lot of guys here who attack the rim. <laughs> then clogging the paint with Goga, I mean, he can shoot the ball, but I wouldn't call him the greatest shooter in the world. I'd probably say that Mo Wagner's got the got the jump on him at the moment. What are your thoughts? 100%, yeah, 100%. We're looking at a field goal percentage of 500 and a free throw percentage of 84%. That's nice for a bench centre. That, that's giving you, yeah, you 10.5 points per game, four, four and a half rebounds, one and a half assists. 
I didn't mind him. You can stream him for threes, even if you're looking for a couple of extra threes. Yeah. And hey, if Wendell Carter Jr. goes down, they've shown last year that they like to use Mo Wagner in the starting yeah. lineup. So, I mean, that could come to fruition again. Uh, so definitely a, a streaming option, but definitely do not draft Mo Wagner. And I probably wouldn't be drafting Anthony Black or Jet Howard either. Just before we move on to those two, don't get Mo Wagner and Franz Wagner mixed up. <laughs> Look for the F and the M, like, friends. Yeah, like someone did last year. Not me, but uh, someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the two rookies, mate. What are your thoughts? Because mm-hmm. there's only so many minutes to go around with this lineup. Yeah. So there is. my I, concern I like that is that the minutes yeah. aren't going to be there for him. I like that you've brought this up. So thanks to your good self putting together this graph, we can see that Jet Howard, uh, whilst in college, was shooting or hitting 2.7 threes per game. For those of you that aren't able to view this aid that we have here, that's clearly the best for anyone on the Orlando Magic team. I know it's college but they need outside shooting alongside, you know, you Gary Harris and, and these sorts of players. Apart from Harris, when he gets hot, they've got no one that can flat out light it up from outside. I think it's an 11th pick along with Black. They aren't going to set the world on fire when we're talking about wins and losses and playoffs. They've got to play this guy. Anthony Black as well on the defensive side of the ball. We know he's good when he attacks room. He's a bit of a bull. But two steals a game as well on 0.6 blocks. Again, I know that that it's at college level, but the proof's in the pudding that they know how to find the ball on the defensive end, or he knows how to find the ball on the defensive end, sorry. So when you're looking at Jet Howard for threes and Anthony Black on the defensive side of the ball, I think Orlando give these guys time in the second unit. Jet Howard might be a sneaky, nice play, if again, if you're trying to stream threes. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And if you're trying to stream steals, Anthony Black would be your guy if he's getting time in the second unit. Uh, two steals a game is elite, and it, yeah, it's college. That's mm-hmm. fine, but it's an indicator to the guy that and what he's going to do for you in the NBA. Now, right. I mean, free throw is not great, efficiency is not fantastic. He's a rookie; we're not expecting that from him. But to get five boards, four assists, and two steals in college mean and and he is six foot seven, mind you. And, and this was a, a draft class that was had a lot of very tall guards. Uh, six foot seven for Anthony Black, six foot eight for Jet Howard. Uh, they've got plenty to bring to this team. And and the Magic team are actually quite a tall team if you've got Franz Wagner at the three at 6'10". So they are mm-hmm. a big team. They're, they are quite lengthy, aren't they? They are. So, mate, let's move on to predicted starting five. And I don't think much changes mm. from last year. You awesome. tell me if I'm wrong here, but I think obviously Marco Fultz is starting point guard. We've got Gary Harris at, at the two, Franz Wagner at the three, our mate Paulie Bancaro at the four, and then Wendell Carter Jr., at the five. A couple of things stick out like a sore thumb for me, and it's the lack of three-point shooting. Now, mm. there is a good chance potentially there could be a trade package here centered around maybe someone like a Gary Harris, someone like a Cole Anthony we mentioned at the start. Who There's a fair bit of value in the in both of those guys to get themselves maybe someone like a, a decent starting three-point shooter or a good elite shooter to, to mm. slot into this lineup. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I really like that, and I'm not sure whether – We'd go as far as to say an elite three and D type play, but like a Cole Anthony for a, a Corey Kispert from Washington who shoots a three at a really good volume and nice percentages and can play okay defense. That sort of player is probably more of what Orlando need rather than extra point guards that can't shoot the rock. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got a 
point guard that's 51.4% from the field. And for me, that's value. Um, a lot of the time, point guards are pretty inefficient. So you're picking up a guy who averages his six assists, one and a half steals, and is very efficient from, from the field. And, and honestly, could probably end up bumping up his free throw to about that 80% mark, which you'd be more than happy with with taking. And if you are punting three point, uh, three points made or three-point percentage, if that's a category in your league, Markel Fultz is a fantastic pick, like we mentioned earlier. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Fultz, and I know you'll talk about him very soon. Um, Gary Harris, any value there? I don't think so. No. Franz Wagner. We spoke about him, but 18.6 points per game is, is nice. We can see that's in, in a pretty good category there. Free throw percentage is 84% from the from the line and one steal per game as a 6'10 small forward. Um, like I mentioned at the start, people are probably taking him a little bit high, but um, I'd say anywhere between 90 to 100 or if he falls past 100, he's a grab. But um, I think, honestly, Paul, uh, his efficiency is going to be the key to how the Magic go this year. And I think if they're relying on him to take a step up in his sophomore year, which I think we're ex- we're personally expecting, I think mm-hmm. the Magic could. I mean, let's talk predictions. How do you feel like if they started with this starting five, how do you feel like they'd go this year? That'd be a 500 team. Okay. Where does that get them then, do you think? Do you think that gets them pretty close to a play-in tournament or do you reckon they're probably falling in, a bit? In, into purgatory again. Just nowhere. Yeah. Again, maybe playing, maybe just miss out. Get a shitty eighth, ninth pick again, and the same old, same old for Orlando. Like, unfortunately, yeah. like they're, they're too good to tank to be the worst team in the comp, but they're not good enough to challenge any decent team. Yeah, they're in a bit of limbo, aren't they? They're, I mean, and they've got to make the decision now. How do they play this? Do they have to tank for another pick, or do they have to package something together to get? someone that's going to be able to contribute at a higher level than these guys. And I think maybe the latter is probably more relevant for them, which is where that trade package comes in. I'll put, I'll put this to you then. If you're the Orlando Magic GM, outside of fantasy this is, you've got yeah. Franz Wagner that's put up 18.6 points last year on 84 from the line, 48 from the field. Could he be your major trade chip piece or your major piece to bring in something decent in return? He's young. You know, you've got Bankiro, Fultz, the two guards that they've picked up in this draft. Is he the ideal fit there, or do you bring someone else in and try and improve your roster? Yeah, I mean, the in terms of trade value, he's probably the guy that sticks out. You're not trading Paul. Uh, no. Wendell Carter Jr. maybe could be another trade piece. Uh, depending on what they want to do at the five. They, they just don't have a lot of depth in that position, unfortunately, on the roster. So it makes it a little bit tough. You've probably got to package Carter Jr. with a Wagner to get an elite center, maybe, in this lineup. But I don't know whether that saves them either. So honestly, I just see them being a mediocre team again. And it's it's hard to see. Uh, they don't really have many assets for me, unless it was Wagner and Carter Jr. to get someone in. I don't, I don't see much happening with, with Orlando in terms of movement. Um, any other thoughts before we move on, mate? Rebounds are really down in this team. There's no one that averages over nine. So if you're looking to buff up your boards, don't look to anyone from the Orlando Magic. And, I mean, it also helps that they've gone and drafted two tall blokes, uh, a good rebounding guard as well in Anthony Black. I'm not I'm not going to go and say I'm a huge Anthony Black fan and I don't think he's draftable, but hey, if there's a couple of guys that go down in this lineup and Anthony Black gets a start maybe, um, you're getting those out-of-position rebounds if, if that's a category yeah. you're struggling in. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Howard, Black, Carter, Bankiro, Wagner, Fultz gets rebound at the 
at the uh, point guard spot. Uh, Isaac, like the list goes on. They're a very lengthy team and they're going to share the boards. Is there a world now where uh, Gary Harris doesn't start and they go and invest in someone like Cole Anthony to play at the two or, or maybe they start Suggs again? Is that is that possibility here? Or do you think Gary Harris has got it? They need shooting. If anything, and I know this might be a big call, but I'd like them to start Jet Howard, someone that can shoot the three, space the floor, give Bank Hero room to work, give Wagner room to work. So, and this is, it's one of those teams where there's so many different combinations and different things that could happen. So, uh, there's a lot to change here as well, which is why I think at the start of the pod, we mentioned that there's a good chance we'll redo this one a bit closer to the season when they have made those moves because it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. They have to make a couple of moves before the season. Um, Talk me. Th- I'm going to talk through Paulo. I, pu- I put Paulo on here for some reason. Uh, it, it is Paul in Australia. Paul Bancaro. Oh. Uh, his his efficiency is going to determine his season. I think this year. Look at 427 from the field and 737 from the free throw line. If that comes up, and we're seeing 480 from him, 470 from the field, and 800 from the line, maybe even 780. Um, I think he turns into a top 50, top 60 fantasy asset. Uh, rather than the 168 that we saw him fall at. And I think I'm, I'm personally hoping in the drafts that I'm in, unfortunately, I'm in some leagues with some very smart blokes. So they're going to they're gonna think the same as me. But if I end up in a couple of leagues where people start fading him, he's a guy that I am more than happy to pick up at a discount around that 80, 70 to 80 mark. 100%. Yep. I'm all for Talk that. us through Fultz. You're pretty high on Markel Fultz, mate. We've talked about him a little bit, but give us a, yeah. give us a rundown. For those of you that are uh, looking at the guide on YouTube, We've got Fultz after the uh, well, post-trade deadline, ranked 67. So it was around about the 60s, Mark, we were saying earlier. He got a bump in minutes, up to 31 minutes per game. Averaged two more points a game, almost 16 points per game. His field goal percentage went up to almost 53%. His free throw percentage went up lots from 78% to nearly 84%. Rebounds about the same, four rebounds a game, which is nice for a point guard. Assists went up to six from 5.7. Steals about the same. 1.5 he was averaging 1.3 post-deadline, and his blocks went up. He was really nice post-deadline. It was almost like, as we were saying earlier, got his legs underneath him. He's got confidence in his body. I think this year, if you get him around that 60 mark, I think you're doing yourself a really good justice. If you're punting three-pointers, look no further than Markel Fultz. And even if you're punting free throw percentage, I mean, he's not the greatest free throw um, shooter, but um, he's shown here that he can shoot at 84 from the line. So Mm -hmm. if he can put that together across a season, we know that the post-trade deadline, we're looking at a 25-game sample size. So it's it's long enough to get a trend, but can he keep up 84% from the line for a full season? I I don't think he can. He never has in the the NBA in his career. But um, if he even stays at 80, and his uh, field goal percentage stays the same, then you're in a pretty good spot. And we can see here the only real change post-deadline is that his free-throw percentage went up, and he went up 13 positions in ranking in fantasy. And we know that Mark Fultz agrees with us because he's doing the the big horse thing the on the screen here. So good on you, mate. He's all over 100%. 100%. Run the horse. That's it. So we know. I know that when I'm in a draft with you, you're going to be looking at Fultz and Ben Caro exactly like me. So I'm going to have to probably reach for both of them, unfortunately. But um, I don't mind. Uh, Thank you. You can have Fultz suits a certain build, doesn't he? Suits a certain type of team in in fantasy basketball. He probably suits more of a punt team, Uh, Mm -hmm. but he does fill the stat sheet. 
four boards, six assists a game. So he is a counting stat kind of guy. Yeah. All right, mate. Plenty to talk about. We've unpacked it all, but over under 36 and a half for Orlando this year. The sports bet have got the markets up there. Their number is 36 and a half. So do you see the Orlando Magic winning more games than 36 or less? They're going to win more. I'm predicting them to be around the 40 to 41 win mark this year. Yeah, okay. All right. Again, I think they'll they'll slightly improve, but again, not enough to be relevant. I think off the back of if if Paul, our mate Paul, if he, uh, if the usage stays the same and they've still given him the keys to the city and they basically say, you find your shot, you do your thing, there's going to be a natural second year step up for him and we will see that efficiency improve. So I think uh, if he gets it right and he gets a full season under his belt, he did play 70, was it 72 games last year as well? So he only missed 10 games all season. So that's pretty good for a rookie. So in his second year, if he can stay healthy, I think he probably does carry Orlando over that 36 and a half mark. Not enough to be able to do enough to get Orlando into contention, but I think they do take a step up this year with guys like Wagner. Fultz is healthy for a full season, hopefully. Uh, if Wendell Carter Jr. continues to deliver, you've got probably three or four guys that could be top 100 fantasy assets this year. Really so, good point. Let's get get on board the pool train. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, mate, it, that wraps us up. Orlando done and dusted. We'll, we'll probably uh, do a little bit more of a, a touch up on these guys when the trades come through and when the changes come through. We'll put together some podcasts around those trades to to obviously adjust our thoughts on whether that affects anything that we've said in the previous team podcasts. But uh, make quick shout out, obviously, to our sponsors, and we thank them for uh, jumping on board the standard squeeze. Use that promo code Insight fifteen, get yourself fifteen percent yeah. off. And and thanks to Ryan from Astute Newstead as well for jumping on board. You can get in touch with him. All of his details are in the description below. Any final words, Big Horse? Yeah, before we go, how about we encourage our viewers, our subscribers to jump on the Discord. Let us know if you're interested in joining us in some mock drafts. We'll talk through them with you, give you some advice. We'll bounce questions off each other. The link will be below in the description. So hit up Discord, select NBA, have a chat to us. You'll be able to tag us in there and we'll go from there. Absolutely, and still plenty of good stuff happening in uh, Insight Fantasy Sports at the Podcast Network as well. Obviously, the NBA is is up and running, daily content at the moment. Team previews, we're about halfway through, I think it is now. We're going to be doing a mock draft or two every single week in the lead-up to the season to start getting a bit more ADP data. Uh, And obviously, with the NRL and the AFL wrapping up, very exciting news with the NBL Supercoach coming up very soon as well. Uh, and the BBL at the end of the year. So jump in the Discord, great spot to, to get started. And if you want to get into some leagues this year, uh, whether that be free leagues, cash leagues, or whatever it is, uh, we've got it all covered at Inside as well. And that's where you can get that that information for those leagues. So jump in the Discord and in the description below. Otherwise, guys, that'll do us. Thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, make sure to hit subscribe as well so that you don't miss any of our future podcasts, any of the future team previews that we're going to be doing and all those mock drafts we just mentioned. Otherwise, we'll see you for the next team preview. Catch you later. Peace.